listening to the Unlocking Business Growth Podcast with Nola Heal. Welcome to the Unlocking Business Growth Podcast. I'm your host, Nola Heal. Today, you will be immersed in a more than normal dose of my accent. I'm excited to be joined by Dr. Ingemord Gerber. Originally from South Africa, Dr. Gerber received her medical degree from the University of Stellenbosch. She worked in rural medicine in Grand Cache, Alberta, before moving to Calgary, where she began as a family practitioner at Foothills Hospital and continues to practice there several days a month. At InLive since 2017, she works as a physician within the Total Health Management Program and as a physician injector in medical aesthetics. Dr. Inger is also the lead physician for their functional medicine program launched in January 2021. The end of vision is to inspire amazing lives through preventive care, which marries perfectly with Dr. Gerber's commitment to patient-centered care. Dr. Inger is busy leading her young family on adventures during spare time and enjoys hiking, trail running, cycling, camping, snowboarding, and skiing. Welcome, Dr. Gerber. Thank you for joining us today. To start us off, I wonder if you could give us a little bit of background beyond the bio. What brought you to moving from South Africa to Canada and then ultimately to Calgary and in Liv? Yeah, so I finished uh, medical school in 2005 and then started working in government hospitals um, for the next two years. And all our friends, I, I, I was already married at that time, and all our friends left South Africa right after high school and went somewhere to explore wow. and, you know, do what people do right out of high school. But we went straight to university for a whole lot of years. So the idea was to go somewhere for a couple of years, maybe, and then go back to South Africa, because I always thought I'd go back and do pediatrics because I do love children, but I'll kind of come back to that in a little bit. (laughs) But so we needed to find a spot that would work for myself and um, my husband. And we found Alberta. Um, because they actually were actively recruiting South African physicians at that point. And he's a chemical engineer. Um, so, you know, oil and gas, which he never ended up working in oil and gas. But we came to Alberta, each with two suitcases. And I had to write an exam that first week that we landed in, in Edmonton. And if I didn't pass the exam, we actually did not have enough money to fly back home. So it was... Um, <laughs> It was a bit stressful. And we, it, Don't I know the feeling? I did a similar thing a few years Exactly. And you know what? It was to the point too where, you know, they covered some of the hotel costs, but he could have breakfast and I could have dinner and like, you know, and then, and then you know, when I passed the exam, we looked at the price of a glass of wine and it was five dollars for the South African wine and one glass which a bottle would be five dollars in South Africa so we couldn't even justify having a wine a glass of wine to celebrate this exam but anyways that's how we landed in Edmonton and then um, we went to Grand Cash Alberta which we chose based on a DVD that somebody sent to me that showed the mountains 
um, and kind of how beautiful it is around there because they, they were really trying to get us to Peace River and I didn't really like what it looked like. I mean, I knew nobody, I knew nothing about it. So it wasn't like it was a personal thing, but the mountains kind of got us for Grand Cache and we did love it because it's close to, to Jasper and we could easily go on weekends. So stayed there for four four and a half years. But then just with having our own children, um, realized we need a little bit more in terms of support for our children, because we both work. And, um, you know, it's difficult to recruit, maybe even a nanny to grand cash, or, you know, childcare is a little bit more complicated out there. And because we both work, it was a bit of a, a struggle. So moved to Calgary in 2012 and started, actually, I got a job at the South Health campus um, because they were hiring at that point. And then they gave me the job. And when I was supposed to start the job, um, the, the hospital was not open yet. So bad <laughs> timing. But now I'm in Calgary. So what am I going to do? So they gave me a locum position at Foothills Hospital. Um, which then when when South Health Campus actually opened, I was like, well, I don't want to work there. It's like at the American border. Can can I just stay at Foothills? So so I I worked at Foothills full time from you know kind of that time for a year or so and then just realized, you know, I kind of want to work on the other side of medicine because I just see the end result really sick people um, and I would like to be on, on the side where I actually see um, healthy people and maybe keep them healthy for for longer and um, you know support them on that journey and as time went by I realized like this is actually my passion and you know not because I wanted to do um, functional medicine with patients but because I was so interested in longevity and health span and how, you know, people can age well. Um, I started studying metabolic and nutritional medicine and, and I don't really practice that, um, you know, separately. I just kind of incorporate it with my um, practice. And I can't actually do that in a regular medical practice because there's just not enough time. And that's how I ended up at InLive to answer your question. <laughs> Awesome. Yeah, long story. But but almost you were probably destined to land there because it was well within your interest area and you could certainly see the difference between the medical system at Foothills and what you were moving into. So can you perhaps elaborate on the in-live business and services, what the programs are there and how they're different to the medical care we would probably be used to and why there's a need for that kind of service? Yeah, so the, the approach is really more proactive, um, more, I, I don't want to use the word holistic, but it probably is the best word for that, because it's not just physicians, we do have um, registered dietitians and physiotherapists and psychologists and personal trainers on the team. So it's kind of a all round team, um, we do have lots of emphasis on actually doing proactive health assessments. And I could throw out one of the one of the percentages there. Um, I, I don't work on the, the proactive health assessment team because I, I work on the family medicine side. But those they only do health assessment once a once a year for patients. And this year in three percent of the, the patients that they saw, they actually found life threatening conditions, uh, which would have not been found 
you know, have they not had a proactive health Awesome. So, oh, it certainly know. pays off. So it's a more forward-facing kind of care. It's certainly not acute, which is what most of our health system is. Yeah, yeah. So I still have, I mean, the family practice, and I still have patients coming in to see me, maybe just for a prescription refill for something that we've, you know, diagnosed years ago and still keep treating. Um, but and because I know my my patients well, you know, it's it the conversation can go a little bit further. And you know, what what are you doing? What are you eating? You know, how are you sleeping? Uh, because I just have a little bit more time to actually get into those conversations. So not all of it is proactive health assessments. It's still family medicine, but it's just with a you know a different a bit of a different angle. I would say. absolutely. So. Do you expect that what it should become is more preventive and people consequently would probably or would hope to be healthier and potentially feed into that longevity and, and healthy aging rather than what we see quite a lot and unfortunately I experience as well where seniors become increasingly less active, less healthy? Yeah, yeah. And so I like... Um, using the word health span instead of lifespan. So the time that you have where the, your quality of life is still really good. And that's what I want to help you with. Um, and, and it's just in my mind, giving people good information and support. <laughs> Anecdotally, I found that if I meet somebody and, you know, I see them on a regular basis, it's not like things just change and they start doing what I recommend for them to do. Like, People change sometimes, but it takes me at least three years to convince them to make good changes. Interesting. <laughs> so it's anecdotal evidence. It's yeah. not anything so from repetition. From... Well, I did hear yeah. recently that a physician was now handing out prescriptions for exercise so that people will go out and get fresh air. Not not active exercise, just go get fresh air. Yeah, yeah, we actually write it on a piece of paper and give it to people. Um, you know, a lot of people say uh, when we start speaking about diet, and and I don't recommend any specific diet, but you know, I have the re registered dietitian working with me. You know, you know, I know what I should do. I just need to start doing it. But mm -hmm. people don't, you know, and and I can even you know say for myself, it's a long time to you know be committed to that change. So um, repetition, like. Yes. Yes, we creatures of habit, and it takes us a while to break the bad one and replace it with a good one, unfortunately. Even if we know the positive consequences that are going to come out of it, we somehow just don't get there. We slip back into our old habits, which isn't healthy. Exactly, exactly. So we keep trying. Also good to know that it can take up to three years for me to convince myself to start behaving the way I should. <laughs> Stop eating that candy. <laughs> so you work at In Love as well as in other places. Do you see a dramatic contrast between the, the care or the patients that you see? Yeah, so I spend my daytime working hours at InLiv, um, and I have a wide range of patients. I can actually tell you that the the 
median age of my patient population at Inliv is 40.8 years uh, awesome. because I have a lot of families, so young children and older children, but I also have patients that are 95 years old and older um, in my practice. So, you know, even that's a widespread, but then at the hospital as a hospitalist, because that's what I do at the hospital is um, the the age is about 70 to 90 in our in our service and so a lot of um people with chronic conditions you know that's been dealing with that for a long long time um if you know if a 30 year old with pneumonia comes to the hospital they'd probably be going to internal medicine where for me i'd be um seeing the older people with the same condition but doesn't really need to want to go you know to icu necessarily or get very aggressive treatment. So that's one group. And then also work at a um, at Garrison Green um, long-term care center, um, which they have four, four floors there and each one kind of has different people. Um, so one, one of the floors, younger people with say MS or developmental delays and then a dementia floor on the fourth level. So, and then I do aesthetic medicine as well. So I feel like I am... <laughs> Very, very broad family doctor. I should have a suitcase and come visit you at your house, really. You're well qualified to, to help absolutely anybody. You cover the full spectrum, including on the aesthetic side, it's people who want to actively want to look or feel better. So, and, but, awesome. and I call that a hobby, though. That's oh, I'm sure it is. <laughs> yeah. You're probably not seeing an enormous amount of that. Uh, possibly because we don't live in Silicon Valley or or have film stars around us all the time. We we have a mixture. No, of exactly. But what I should say about that it, it's the business is picked up because on Zoom. <laughs> People see themselves all day long, so so business is good. Oh, interesting. Right now. So you do have anecdotal evidence on that as well, because I had heard that we should all be going for us. Yep. Awesome. Good to hear. So on that topic, um, what trends do you see impacting us as a society, or or in Calgary, or potentially even your clients over the next, say, three to five years? I think there is this people want to live longer and we've heard that people, the person that's going to live to 150 years has already been born because we have technology and science to support that. Um, So I feel like, especially as my, my practice would age because I'm going to age with my practice. That's what you do in family medicine. I, feel like a lot of people are relying on, um, you know, maybe good information and science to to make better decisions and try living healthier. I think there's a big trend towards that. I, we're not as obese as they are in the U.S., even though obesity is still you know, an issue in Canada. We are a fairly active population, maybe not as active as, as in Vancouver, but, you know, we get out to the mountains. And, and I feel like a lot of people are interested to learn too and and maybe move away from you know the regular I only need to go see my doctor when I am sick to you know how do I stay healthy and that might not be by going to see your doctor Uh, you know everybody has their way of doing that if that's Chinese medicine if that's a naturopath if that's coming to see me um, that's great but I think there is a big movement towards how do I live age healthier and 
I am so excited about that. Oh, yeah, I think for us as a society generally to have everybody healthier it is beneficial. Also cheaper on the healthcare system. I was about to say the same thing. There's no way that our public health system can afford to keep us all alive and well-ish, shall we say, if we continually focus on purely acute care and fixing people only when they're sick rather than proactively catching a life-threatening condition early or counteracting medication that's even not complementary. Yeah, and that's one of my favorite things to do is like getting people better and taking them off the medication, <laughs> you know, because if, if they're healthy enough, um, most of the time they, I'm not saying everybody, but a lot of people can come off blood pressure medication. A lot of people can improve their diet and they don't need medication for diabetes. And, you know, uh, and all of those things also contribute to cognitive decline as you age. So, yeah, you know, a multitude of, of benefits. So do you have any particular techniques or secrets that you find work quite well to convince people that maybe trying to get to the point where they can come off of some of their medication is beneficial? Obviously, as we said, it can take three years, but <laughs> or anything that works? So I, I have, um, in my practice, I touch base with every single patient at least every three months, whether that's myself, um, my nurse practitioner, or my medical care coordinator. Um, we contact them at least every three months. We ask them where they're at, what, you know, if they need anything. Is, if it's not me speaking to them, we will ask, do you need to speak to Dr. Gerbert to discuss your medication? And every time I ask them like what they're doing and how I can help them and what, what we can do to, you know, come off the medication maybe or change the medication or just make good decisions. So I feel, again, it's that constant touching base, reminding, repetition. Um, the other thing that I have brought into my practice a lot that I speak about almost all day and a lot of the, my time is about sleep and, you know, mental health, like the, the mindset, um, I can't meditate to save my life. And I can't even believe I'm telling you that, but because I'm trying to. Some people just can't. You know, exactly. I've, I've heard. Yeah. But yeah. So even just, um, especially my high stress patients, because I have patients, mm. you know, owning big businesses and making big decisions and just getting them to do yoga 10 minutes a day, or, you know, there's the Qigong and Tai Chi, you know, so many things that people can do to work on their mindset and then the sleep thing, because none of this can happen if they're not actually sleeping and recovering physically and mentally. So no. true. And and sleep is actually one of the hardest things for for us throughout life. There are always reasons why you're not sleeping. You either convince yourself you're too busy, so you've got to work too much, or while we have small children, yeah, I mean, they can interfere with all that. Yeah. And as we age, people just wake up in the middle of the night or sleep less or, and think it's healthy. Yeah, and then we look at that, you know, and then we can look at why why do they wake up at one or two o'clock in the morning? You know, what's going on with anxiety? What's going on with work? Um, are the hormones, you know, are they peaking at the right time with their cortisol and melatonin? And, um, you know, especially postmenopausal women, do they have enough progesterone? Like, where, where are they at? And sometimes it's an easy fix and sometimes there's no fix, but we keep trying, right? <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, and, and you can at least look at it or alert people to the fact that it's not healthy that you're not sleeping. Yeah. They, we've got to, got to explore this topic. So do you find there are particular characteristics or techniques that make some of the patients successful where others really do struggle a lot more? Oh my goodness, that is a difficult question. Um, because clearly, if you're not ready to change, um, you won't. So it's mindset is a big factor. Yes, and and if people come to me and I, I they complain about their old doctor, it's already a, a red flag to me, and I'm like, oh, this is not going to work because you know now they want me to fix them, and I'm not going to fix them. They have to fix themselves. I can help them, give them yes. the tools maybe, but if they don't want to fix themselves, it's not going to work. So that's immediately a red flag for me when people complain about other healthcare workers or you know their previous doctor or somebody that didn't know what they were saying um when you know obviously they're well-educated yeah. people so, uh -oh. so definitely something that i you pick up, up on very quickly you can see the red flags yeah yeah absolutely probably uh, patients that think that uh, there's some kind of golden bullet that just instantaneously fixes problems and they don't need to put any effort yeah, into yeah. it so i guess to sum it up if, if somebody's looking for a quick fix i know it's not going to happen you know do you find some patients seem to think that the drugs are the fix rather than the lifestyle, sleep or diet? Absolutely, because it's the easy way out, right? Why, why would I um, stop eating what I love to eat um, and, you know, get my cholesterol under control when you can just give me a drug and I can do everything I love, you know? So we, we're human beings, we take the easy way out. So, but, but if they're with like long enough, have these conversations, sometimes I can convince them. To, to we're our own worst enemies, unfortunately. <laughs> Maybe it's a, a natural human tendency to want to take the easy alternative. And so often that easy alternative isn't the easy alternative. It has consequences after the fact. It just feels easy at the moment. Exactly. And I'm not saying cholesterol drugs is bad for you because it does decrease your risk for many things yeah. um but if you you know if you can make good decisions and if you still need that then right then that's what we you know i mean some of us are genetically structured such that we do need certain medications but if you can manage it through other alternatives well then absolutely that drug is probably doing more good if you're not loading all the cholesterol enhancing food into yourself at the same exactly, time exactly and i keep saying you know ex exercise is a better drug than anything that i can prescribe to people unfortunately the last few weeks i'm reading that and it's all over they're saying like exercise is not what makes you lose weight you know it's 95% diet. You know. But then at the end of the day, I find that if people exercise, they make better choices because why would they waste their time being on a bicycle or running for 30 minutes and then go eat a hamburger? So it's a combination of things. It's not just one thing. It's a combination. I mean, let's face it, exercise makes a person feel more optimistic and just enthusiastic. It just changes the mindset. So that would help with perseverance on diet and that as well because it's not easy to lose weight it just isn't and stop yourself having that nice no, chocolate no. cake or bag of chips it's you know 
tastes good in the moment. So what worries and excites you about the future of our city, your industry itself, and perhaps even Canada as a country? I'm excited because my, I can see that people are asking and looking for information. And it's powerful. Um, I'm worried because a lot of people still look for the easy way out. And we've made it so easy um, with all the technology available and, um, you know, services that we offer. People do not have to pay for it, that people don't have to put much into it. When when I worked in, in Grand Cash, <laughs> um, you know, people would come to the emergency room on a Saturday for a prescription refill because they couldn't come on a Thursday. Now, that cost the government about three times as much as it should. And, and I feel like if, if we could have people pay even five bucks to, you know, have to come for something like that to the emergency room, they think twice about it and not overload the system. I just feel like it's so easy for people to abuse what we have going because we're enabling them to do that. Yeah, yeah, true. It doesn't feel any different because unless you're seeing the inside of our medical system, you may quite honestly not even be aware of the consequences of some of the, the decisions you make, that it's not an inconvenience factor or that Alberta Healthcare is trying to make your life hard. There's actually a reason why it is structured that particular way or why we try to encourage you to prevent something rather than spend your time in the emergency room, which isn't just a waste of your personal time. It's a waste of resources too. Exactly. Absolutely. So I'm worried about, you know, the acute system getting overloaded, which, you know, from time to time I'll see. Um, but I'm excited at the same time because I feel like people are, you know, seeking information and they want to be better, and, you know, age well. That's an awesome trend. That is exciting to me anyway. I, I love the idea that we all try to find the right information and use it appropriately for ourselves. So do you have any thoughts that you'd like to leave us with today? Yeah, I will sum it up in, in four pillars that I kind of want my patients to know and everybody else to know. Like focus on, on movement Exercise does not have to be six hours of cardiovascular exercise in a, in a week. It, you know, 30 minutes, five times a week of walking, just getting outside, breathing in fresh air is more than enough. So, and the second thing would be nutrition, like everything you put in your body needs to feed your body. And, and that's like mindful eating. Like, you know, if I eat something, is this positive or negative for me? They say that, you know, over the course of a lifespan, we, we eat like a football field full of food. So wow, about it, how can that not affect your body and the cells inside your body? Right. So um, thinking about what you're eating and making it a priority um, and getting a good seven to nine hours of sleep. I'm really interested in um, measuring how you're sleeping and tracking and trying to make it better and seeing what actually works for people because what works for me might not work for you. Um, there are so many gadgets out there that we could use to track what we're doing and, and to actually see the trends and, you know, make it better. And ideally people need to sleep seven, seven to nine hours 
um, at night. So mindset, the most important one. Yeah, because if you're not, you know, paying attention, what's going on there, because this is controlling your brain is controlling everything that you do at the end of the day. And it's very powerful. Um, you know, these other things won't be able to fall in place. So finding what works for you, though, in all of those. Fantastic. Is there a way that people can potentially help the other members of their family to engage in the four pillars as well? I would say trying to do things together. I, uh, I, I, I'm going to sh share an example. I um, bought myself a Peloton bike last year and, and my, my friend, two of my friends have two and we've realized that this is a little bit of a cult and probably the most cultish thing we've ever done because it's so addictive and you just want to do more of it. But I've started sharing that with my patients and, you know, we're all stuck at home. Like, how can we make this work? And I've had, you know, families buy the bicycle together where there's, you know, university aged students in the house um, and the two parents and everybody's using the bike and they kind of motivate each other to do a class or, you know, and then start cooking together and start making walks together and, you know, maybe doing yoga or whatever it is. So I think if you have a support system, that is probably the best chance you have to succeed. Awesome. Awesome. No, that's good to know because, I mean, certainly uh, we do know even from an exercise perspective, if you can walk with somebody, you're more likely to go out and do that walk even in bad weather than if you just have to take yourself. Yeah. So I firmly believe in having your people. <laughs> Very encouraging. So how can listeners contact yeah. you to learn more about In Love and, and your services? Yeah. So um, our website is www.inlove.com. It has all the information on how to get a hold of us. Um, I don't currently take on uh, new patients in my family practice, but I do take on some new patients, um, you know, just to discuss this healthy lifestyle kind of stuff um, on an as-needed basis. So they can find all of that information there and then get directly in contact with my assistant or with the front desk. And we're more than happy to meet with anybody that's interested. Yeah, that's that's awesome to know. And I mean, I'm, I'm sure some of the other services within your practice could be interested in in yeah. chatting with people too, if, if there's a value there. So yeah. that's awesome. I will connect up the website contact in the in the podcast uh, show notes page so that it's easy for people to find if they are on the move, do, going for that walk, like we would like to encourage them to be doing at the moment. Exactly. Yes. Thank you. So thanks very much, Dr. Gerber, for joining us today. That really was a very informative, fun conversation. Appreciate the time that you speak with us. Thank you so much, Laura. Unlocking Business Growth Podcast is sponsored by Protea Consulting Professional Corporation. We help our clients achieve the business growth and success they are capable of. They innovate and strategically anticipate, fine-tune their highest impact business variables, and regularly exceed aggressive growth and cash flow targets. If you would like to know more, here are four ways you can help energize your business growth. Number one, Subscribe to the Unlocking Business Growth Podcast 
to hear from other companies that have overcome growth hurdles they have experienced. Hit the subscribe button in your podcast app right now or go to proteaconsulting.ca slash podcast. Number two, get your free copy of NOLA's latest book, The 5F Strategy, Bottom Line Growth in Any Economy Without Additional Sales and Marketing to discover her proven strategies for growth. Go to proteaconsulting.ca slash book. Number three, download a copy of the Financial Growth Scorecard to assess your current status and what to work on next on your growth journey. Go to proteaconsulting.ca slash growth. Number four, work with us to achieve the growth and success your company is truly capable of. To find out if we're a fit, email nola at info at proteaconsulting.ca or send us a note on the website at proteaconsulting.ca slash contact.